millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is special. Can you describe what we're looking at? We're looking at two pieces of a fern. One is brown, and that's because we're actually looking at the top surface of it. And just partly because of its age and the way it was dried, it's lost its colour. I'm in a locked, temperature-controlled room in the depths of the museum with botany curator Leon Perry. The other piece, though, is I think immediately recognisable to anyone familiar with New Zealand because it's white, and that indicates it is a silver fern, what has gone on to become our national emblem. I've seen this reproduced in so many ways across so many different insignia and in so many different places, but this is the real thing. Well, this is the, absolutely the real thing, and it's pretty much among the first specimens that when Europeans became aware of this, this plant, it dates from that time. So what date are we talking? We're talking 1769-1770. And who was it collected by? Joseph Banks and Daniel Solander, uh, and we probably shouldn't leave out Joseph Banks' party of servants as well that he had along for the, for the ride. And this, was, of course, is part of Captain Cook's first voyage to New Zealand. So the very first voyage made by Cook to New Zealand, Banks and Solander's collection. Yeah. Yeah, this specimen was on the endeavour. Well, it's fascinating that the very first intensive contact between Māori and Europeans occurred as part of a scientific expedition. Historian Dame Anne Salmon specialises in writing about those early encounters between Māori and Pākehā. And so the Endeavour Voyage in 1769 was sent out by the Royal Society of London and also sponsored by the royal family, King George. And on board there were a a party of scientists and artists uh, sponsored by the Royal Society, led by Joseph Banks and Dr. Solander, who was a favourite student of Carl Linnaeus, the great botanist. So I think our country is, as far as I know, uh, the only nation whose shared history began with a scientific expedition. And that first voyage, these are people who didn't necessarily know where they were going or what they were going to find. Well, for European eyes or or understanding of the world, this was off the map. This was literally off the map, right? Tasman had sailed by, but he hadn't done a great job of mapping this part of the world, so they, Cook was into the unknown. When they sighted the coastline off Poverty Bay, as they called it, Turanganuyakiwa, or Turanganuyarua, according to some, they thought that they had discovered Terra Australis Incognita. So it was like a moonshot. It was like, you know, this great moment for Western science, potentially. And the speculation about Terra Australis was that there would be Rajas riding around on elephants and, you know, pearls and silver and gold uh, because that's what existed on the same sorts of latitudes in South America. But it turned out to be my hometown of Gisborne. I'd characterise it like kids in a lolly store type thing. It's, as botanists, you kind of dream of finding new species. And here they come to a country where no European has landed before 
and they are surrounded by all these plants that are new. The accounts we have from Māori in Mercury Bay, for example, was of these weird kind of creatures wandering around, knocking stones and kind of gathering up plants and wondering what on earth this was all, all about. Uh, but in fact, it was this breathtaking moment and thinking that they had this new and all this amazing wealth of new forms of life uh, that needed to be collected and then classified and then, if possible, preserved and taken home to England so they could be studied. After leaving New Zealand, they, they had trouble with the Great Barrier Reef and they actually struck it at one point and it holed the ship. And you can just imagine, the, the, well, I would be terrified. You're in a small boat off the map of the known world from European eyes at that time. No one's going to come rescue you. To get themselves off the reef, they, had to, they tried to uh, reduce, I guess, their weight. And so overboard went things that were surplus. So <laughs> the cannons got chucked overboard, all but two, I think. So most of the cannons... But the plant specimens were deemed more valuable than the cannons. As well as being folded into Western scientific knowledge by being collected by Banks and Salander, the silver fern already had a, a meaning within Māori culture and scientific knowledge, didn't it? Yes, well, the punga, of course, as it's known, um, you know, it's a, a ubiquitous plant in, in many parts of the New Zealand bush. And uh, we all know the symbolic uh, meaning that the the unfolding uh, frond of the punga has for us, the kuru, the spiral, because in Māori ways of thinking, space-time was a spiral. It wasn't, we didn't have the arrow of time, as you do in, in modernist thinking and Western thought, where time is linear. You know, you start at a beginning, the arrow of time shoots off, and history unfolds in its passage. It wasn't like that in Māori thinking. Rather, space-time is a spiral, and you could return always really instantaneously to an ancestral source. And so there's a source of life that drives, helps to drive the cosmos, including people, plants, animals, and rivers and mountains. And all of that's wrapped up in the, the unfurling of the kōru. Ours was produced by me, Noel McCarthy, and John Daniel for Bird of Paradise Productions. For Te Papa, in association with Radio New Zealand. Our EP was Tim Watkin, engineered by Andre Upston. Thanks to Victoria Kelly for our theme. You can listen to every episode on iTunes and Spotify, or head to RNZ's podcast page to subscribe. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. And this is Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. We are a new show breaking down the anime news, views, and shows you care about each and every week. I can't think of a better studio to bring something like this to life. Yeah, I agree. We're covering all the classics. If I don't know a lot about Godzilla, which I do, but I'm trying to pretend (laughs) that I don't right now. Hold it in. And our current faves. Luffy must have his due. (laughs) Tune in every week for the latest anime updates and possibly a few debates. I remember, what was that? (laughs) Say what you're going to say and I'll circle back. You can listen to Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect every Friday wherever you get your podcasts. And watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or the Crunchyroll YouTube channel.